Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mercia podcast. Uh, you've got Helen Knight and Mark Morton with you today. And we're going to have a bit of a chat about some of the changes, both which have been happening for research and development and which we are expecting to come in. So there's been lots and lots of announcements on R&D, lots of consultations, lots of legislation over the last few years. So Mark, all a bit confusing with all of this. What's the state of play at the moment? The state of play is you're still allowed to fiddle, uh, apparently just not as much, it seems to be what the government have done. So, you know, the whole, there's a lot of technical changes going on. Uh, I don't think getting to the heart of the, the, the real issue with R&D that we've all been aware of, that there's a lot of dubious claims going in. Um, so you've had the revenue recently publishing, um, I wouldn't even call it guidance, but a web link saying, you know, here's some examples of things we think are dubious. You're a care home. Well, you know, it's not rocket science what he's dubious. So there's there's that whole issue that the government haven't addressed at all, I don't think. You know, really, I think you've got to redefine what R&D means. Um, but then you get you know, changes in rates, I think, was the first thing that we started with a year or so ago. One of the things that we were talking about was the confusion in start dates as well. So we've had a lot of mixed start dates in all of these some are expenditure from, some are accounting periods and so on. Um, so reduced rates at the moment. So if you're looking at, I suppose, client right now making an R&D claim, SME rate's 186, not 230. Rate of repayment's gone down to 10%, not 14 and a half. So that's kind of with us in the relatively short term. Um with a caveat on the 10%, and one of the confusing things, the, the government last, I think, um, autumn statement stroke budget said, ah, but it might still be 14.5%, uh, but we haven't dreamt the rules up yet. Uh, that sort of leads on to the current legislative process of some of these things have been passed for last year uh, in last year's Finance Act. Some are ongoing in the Finance Act that's going through Parliament. So it's trying to break it down into the relevant years, I think, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had changes as well on how they actually, how businesses actually need to make those claims. I guess it's HMRC trying to get a bit more information about what is included in the claim as well. Well, well yes. And it's, uh, I mean, I think you come back to the starting point. If you're getting 40,000 claims a year and some of them are dodgy, how do you actually police that? You know, the, the days of the old inspector who, looked at every claim are long gone clearly so we have this rather strange situation where it's in essence if you've never claimed before or not claimed in the recent past you've got to do this sort of pre-claim notification uh, within six months of your year end saying I intend to claim for this year which you know better than I having been in practice six months of your year end to make a tax claim is quite a push for people to get their head around I think you know, so sometimes they won't even have started thinking about their tax returns. So that I, I didn't like to raise that point. No, might, might have done a stock take by then, but you know, if they're lucky. But that's, I think, longer term, that's quite a big deal, particularly for practices picking up clients from new or new startups or whatever. Probably not, not really seen it in practice a lot yet, because a lot of firms will have clients that obviously have claimed year on year. That rule isn't relevant to them. 
there's a bit of update your PI, I think, on that, because if you miss it, that's the end of it. Um, I, I, the other thing that does strike me as strange, it's part and parcel of let's stop dubious claims, let's stop third parties knocking on a client's door 18 months down the line and saying we can generate an R&D claim. Well, that's fine, but it won't stop the third party knocking on the door saying, ah, but if only your rubbish firm of accountants had done a pre-claim, we could have made a claim for you. So mm, I perceive a bit of tension, you know, where clients are being told by the man at the pub you could have made a claim, and the accountant saying, oh, I don't think you could, and you're out of time anyway. Oh, well, hold on. You know, unhappy client, I'd guess. The other aspect about sending in data prior to the CT600 is just, you know, weird. Why you can't do it as part of the CT600, I honestly don't know. Um but what does that tell you? It tells you that a nursing home's made a claim. Well, yeah, but you still need a human to say get stuffed. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think it's part and parcel of it, it's taken on a life of its own R&D. Lots yeah. of claims, lots of money. Has it actually increased the underlying investment in business by business? I don't think it probably has or not. No, Businesses do R&D or they don't because that's what they do. And we're giving a subsidy to loads of businesses. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a bit weird in terms of compliance, I think. Um, so, yeah, lots of changes to the to the existing rules, I think. that Those changes will continue. So, you know, the notification, et cetera, is part and parcel of going forward. That That's with us now for, well, forever and a day, but until they change the rules again. Obviously, what we've now got is the government as well and I think this is important. We were talking about this, but the, the legislation going through Parliament at the moment has no start date on it, you know, which is a bit odd in its own right, to be brought in by statutory instrument at some stage in the future. Now, the, the government are saying on the side of that, well, this is designed to start for accounting periods commencing from April 24 onwards. So I'd guess, you know, for a lot of clients, first mainstream, because it's accounting periods commencing, that's probably March 25 year ends in a main, you know, that's probably the earliest one for a lot of people. Yeah. And the uh, start date for the, the new single sit scheme coming in, isn't it? Well, well, interesting you say sing, single scheme. I, I think what, what has struck me reading the legislation is I, I thought it was a single scheme, if I'm honest. I thought that's the whole point. And we still end up with two schemes, albeit a bit different from what we had before. You're still going to have the mainstream scheme going forward will be the so-called above the line, the R&D credit. So a 20% credit taxable as income, set that off against your tax payable sort of thing. But the what I would have called the above the line, the large company scheme will become the default scheme for any size of business. The, the odd thing you'll then still have is effectively the SME scheme as a secondary option for loss-making SMEs that are so-called R&D intensive. So there will still be two quite distinct options. Whether you can get into the R&D intensive will depend on, you know, on how much you spend on R&D, et cetera. But it, the oddity is you end up with two schemes still, you know, um, albeit possibly for a lot of our clients, it will be the above the line scheme, which will become much more commonplace for them. So I think for a lot of SME-based firms and clients, it will be different to them clearly because they're being brought out of the 230%, 186% version and into 
something that looks very different in terms of CT comps, etc. So it's changes in the relief they're getting, but also how they yeah. get relief as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a de- an additional deduction in their tax computations anymore. No, is it? no, that's right, that's right. So it's going to look very different to them. And I think what you do see as part of this is there are changes to qualifying costs. Um, there's some alignment. So, for example, do you deduct a subsidy in terms of generating your R&D? Um, I mean, we've had a position for 20 years where on one regime you did and one regime you didn't. Well, in the future you won't, for example. So there'll be some streamlining. There'll be changes to the concept of you know what costs qualify, contracting out, will be defined for the first time. I was never entirely sure what was contracting out. Well, it'll tell you in the law now. So you are looking for those sort of March 25 year ends, significant changes for a lot of people. And I think the the question is really when you address this, you know, when do you undertake training on it? When do you start to think about it? Because March 25 year ends is still quite a long way away in practical terms. And I think that kind of leads us to where we've decided to go, doesn't it, Helen, really? Um, you know, we, we, we are intending to run an R&D course in March, looking at the existing rules, uh, i.e. the reporting changes we've talked about, you know, the tweaks the government are making to the two older regimes, if you want to call them that. Yeah, so that'll be really useful for uh, where, where people are starting to think, look at those FY23 tax returns won't it yes i think that's right and tr- and trying to uh, going back a stage trying to explain when all these changes came in because uh, you know some were it uh, you know april 23 expenditure or whatever it may be so uh, almost a bit of a refresher if you want to call it that but looking at the existing rules uh finance that course will pick up some of the newer regime anyway but i think certainly later this year sort of september time to start doing a devoted course to the new regimes. Once we've got all the law finalised, once we've got, no doubt, some new HMRC guidance and been able to say to people, look, you know, from April 24, this is something quite different to a lot of people and going through it properly for them. Yeah, so some people, if they're really lucky, may get three goes at R&D courses if they are not <laughs> so inclined. It, it, I, I do feel for people in practice who have, you know, a minimal number of clients who do this and they're trying to keep track of all these changes because it's been non-stop for the last 12, 18 months really. So Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of change, but also kind of training and resources are out there. Yes, yes, of course, of course. So, uh, you know, if anybody wants an R&D course, yeah, you know who to buy it from. So there you go. <laughs> so ni- nice little plug to end there. So... Uh, I think that's that's kind of everything we were going to talk about today, isn't it, Mark? I think pretty much. I think pretty much. Bit of a just give you a bit of a heads up on where we are with things. So, well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mercia podcast. For more information on the topic, please visit mercia-group.